You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 160 of the Curtain Call podcast. I sincerely hope everyone is staying safe out there as we begin to continue unwind ourselves from uh, lockdowns and pandemic uh, situations, and we start to explore life amongst real people again. Now, on the website, Matt and I have been sitting idly by. For those of you who are theater, entertainment, and live events professionals, head on over to CurtainCallOnline.com and check out our new platform. I think you'll agree it is the platform you have been needing and waiting for for far, far too long. Sign up, build out your profile, and start getting found for work. Uh, But now for this week's guest. Listeners to Broadway radios today on Broadway will recognize my guest today as she's recently joined their lineup alongside Matt Temenini and Ashley Stevens, and occasionally James Marino. He's a part-timer. Grace Aki is an actress, stand-up comedian, and podcaster in her own right, and you can find her podcast, Tell Me on a Sunday, on all good streaming platforms. And you can find deets in the show notes, but I will leave them at the end of this episode, too. You will hear Grace and me talking about uh, one of her episodes of the Tell Me on a Sunday podcast. It's the episode titled Her Story. Now, it's a powerful tale of emotional abuse, gaslighting, and other mental health issues. It is a compelling listen, but a word of warning that it may be distressing to some listeners. Um, And as you can imagine with following that statement, Grace is a powerhouse. The energy she brings to every episode of Today on Broadway is palpable. And when I heard that Grace was performing her one-woman show to free a mockingbird, I just had to reach out to her and dig a little deeper on how she arrived at this point in her career. Have a listen. When I heard that you were doing a show, I just thought, this is fantastic. I really want to chat to Grace. And when you said you were streaming, I had to talk to you. And I just was like, okay, I'm going to go from the beginning, Grace. I would love for you to tell me, um, you know, just tell me a, a little bit about yourself and why, how you decided that this industry that we're a part of is the right thing. <laughs> the right thing. Did I decide that, John? <laughs> Did I decide that? <laughs> Oh God. I, um, well, I guess, I guess if I'm starting like from the beginning of all of it, I will tell you that, uh, my mom said that I could not stop being a showman when I was like three. So she put me in a dance class because she heard that, like, if you put a child in a dance class really early and then they show like, you know, some kind of movement and promise, like it's better to get them in when they're really, really young. I couldn't even read, but I could dance. And so I started dancing 
And then when I was five, I wouldn't shut up. And my mom was like, okay, well then you can audition for this play. And then I auditioned for the play. It was um, the three little pigs. My mom thought, oh, this will be great because like, she'll just get like a little part. And then I was named Quackers the Duck. And so I got this script that I couldn't read. And then my mom was like, wait a second you are the lead of this show. And it turned out that Quackers the Duck had like hired the wolf to get the pigs out. That goes deep. That's an inside job. (laughs) Quackers. And I was like, Quackers the Duck (laughs) is the protagonist's main character theory. Like I was like, oh great. This boosts my ego so much. Um, So I couldn't read yet, but I was like already acting and stuff. And then, um, so I kept doing stage plays. And then one day um, I was doing a lot of like musicals and stuff. Cause when you're young, like that's kind of what they throw you into. And Mm. I told my dad, I was like, I really, I like want to be considered a serious actor. I was 10. Um, I thought I was Tatum O'Neill. <laughs> it was like, um, well, then you need to audition for a real play, which I like now looking back, I'm like, musicals are real. Um, but, you know, like considered serious for like a child. Yep. And uh, so then I auditioned for To Kill a Mockingbird at my local community theater. And then my mom read with me. Uh, for the audition and then they were like well you should play older Jean Louise which is older Scout and then Grace will play Scout and my mom hated it but uh, (laughs) I did get to do it and then she put me into like on-camera stuff and I got to work in Cartoon Network in Atlanta which was such an incredible blessing I got to like introduce cartoons I was dancing for Bowling for Soup it was like oh my god child stardom and like I auditioned for like Kid Nation which was this reality show where they put children it was like Survivor for children There, there were lots of lawsuits it ended up getting can not like lord of the flies or it was one thousand percent like lord of the flies <laughs> like but i didn't get eaten or anything um but i didn't i didn't make it far but i was just like okay maybe that's not what i wanted yeah, sure. like i thought fame like even at 12 i was like oh the more clout or like the more attention that i can get the more legitimized i am as an actor and I'm so glad I realized that very early on that that's not what that means to me um and so I just like kept acting in school and then um Eventually, you know, high school happened and my uh, drama teacher, which I feel like a lot of people tell like great drama teacher stories. I'm going to tell not great one. <laughs> um, but I I was upset because like I wasn't getting like the leads in the musical or whatever. And my drama teacher said, like, I think it'd be better if you didn't talk. And so, yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, This is like what I do now all the time. Um, And so I said, okay, fine. I will enter a mime competition and I'll show you how great of a performer I can be without using my voice. And so I won, like, I went to nationals, like, (laughs) did all this stuff. I love that. Like, used a resentment to go, you know, screw you, teach. Okay, fine. I will do that. I can show you that I can do things with my body and like as a performer without, and I, and I got to learn so much about storytelling through my body um, and like learn through clowning and all that stuff. Um, and so uh, luckily, you know, I kept doing musicals after that, but I was just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get you. Uh, and so, yeah, I decided in college to major in uh, marketing and entrepreneurship because I thought there's no money in the arts. Um, and I've <laughs> utilized what's weird is like, I think as actors and like you literally have just, we've just been talking about, yeah. we are small businesses as yeah, actors now, yeah. we're small businesses, we're entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so I'm kind of glad that I, I've always had this like seller technique in me. I've always had this, um, marketing brain. So I understand like the scope of how something is presented and eventually sold, which I think, unfortunately, a lot of theater has to be a lot of art has to be mm. um, presented and like, hey, I, I would much rather and this is why and we'll get into it, like talking about my show, but like, I want people to want to see it. 
And then I'm going to flip the script on mm-hmm. how you're perceiving it. Because yeah. as long as I can get you to buy a ticket, yeah. right? so as long as I can get your butt in a seat. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know, so whatever that takes, I'll be there. So that's kind of my long villain origin story of arts. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> I, I, I identify with so much of that. For I mean, I did a speech from To Kill a Mockingbird. I went to Far East Speech. The I, yeah, yeah, the courtroom. So I, I, I'm a military brat, and I spent four years mm. in Okinawa, at Japan, and oh I, <laughs> and I, so I went to Seoul, Korea, for Far East Speech and Drama, and did one of the courtroom speeches. And I went around a classroom and uh, did. I absolutely loved it. So yeah, I, I spent six years of growing up in in the Far East, and. Um, so yes, I did. I did some far speech drama, you know, and um, the whole the whole teaching my my first play. People have heard me. That, that what made me want to do it was um, the Princess and the Pea, and I was I think I was maybe five or six years old, and, I, and you know, the the mattresses were stacked, probably eight feet high, but, but to my brain they were twenty stories yeah. high, and I was like, please feel the pea. Yeah, because it's anyway. magic to you. I mean, they've they've physically presented it, but also your brain is manifesting how it could be. And like, oh, that's so cool. Um, so you, you got up to, you got up to New York. Mm-hmm. It's, was it through, was it after college or university? Did you? Yeah, I was at the time I was, I was a choreographer um, and performer in a theater company and it was not a good situation for me. And I linked myself to a person who was getting their Broadway debut and they were like, let's go to New York together. And I was like, this is my ticket out. I'm going to do it. Um, and so I'm, I moved to New York because of that. And, um, I immediately started working, not as an actor, <laughs> like working in retail and stuff, yeah. um, because I didn't, it just didn't occur to me because I didn't go to school. I didn't get to go to like all like the NYU's and all yes, this, yeah, you know, yeah. where they, they train you how to be an industry person. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought, well, it'll happen. Somebody will uh, come up to me and I'll be famous. <laughs> That's how this will happen. <laughs> like an idiot. Um, also, I was so incredibly privileged being like from the South, like right at the beginning of my like high school journey and stuff was when Atlanta became like a film town. Hotbed, yeah. So I thought, oh, it'll be like that for me in the city. And uh, obviously it wasn't. Um, so I started trying to figure out like, okay, if I can't be selected randomly in New York city for theater and whatnot, like even when you audition, like it's still a crapshoot, right. I should just do my own work. And so I'd always wanted to be, um, I always thought like, okay, I can get laughs sometimes in a room. Um, I'm, I'm going to start doing stand up, And so I started doing that. That was also very scary and hard because again, I, had no concept of like bar culture and like male stand-up stand-up culture. i mean i i literally just went a bit sick <laughs> because i don't know how how no. that is really 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 hard yeah yeah i mean the the thing about like <laughs> i mean this is coming from somebody who's never tried it i'm just going yeah. it looks too hard <laughs> it's even pat you know as a performer how hard it is to get on stage yeah, regardless of course. right yeah 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 think about like not being wanted for your own thoughts and then like think about that you know what i mean like when you're presenting someone else's work mm, yeah okay like nobody's being like you're not you, that you can funny. blame the writer <laughs> they're like yes, exactly the director sucked right, right. <laughs> but like when it's you you're being judged completely and then on top of that when you do stand up in new york you're expected to sell seats so if your friends don't want to shell out 60 dollars plus two drinks because who freaking does Ooh. your time is cut down on how much time you get to perform stand up 
So let's say that I've perfected five minutes and then three of my friends show up, I might get two minutes. It's just such a crapshoot. I know it's, yeah. And then your friends have already spent however much money. It's it's insane. And so I, I always tell people like, it's it's much bigger, I think, than like the anxiety of performing. It's also like this bizarre business that I think needs an overhaul, which is why I started a stand-up show at StubHub like right before the pandemic um, to be able to like give performers uh, stage time that didn't cost them anything. Yeah. And then if people showed yeah. up, they're able to donate to charities that I care about. So, yeah. How do you get from stand up and where you are and and so that you said just before lockdown because then how 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 did you get onto the the broadway radio scene was tell me on a sun, sunday first because you do have i believe i believe that's how you did it but um because i kind of came into tell me on a sunday in season two having met you through broadway radio. but how did how did that come about oh thank you um so yeah i i knew that i want to start a podcast like or like forever ago because I obviously like like talking which is annoying um <laughs> famously we've been talking about that uh but I didn't want to just have an interview podcast that wasn't like like you have a specific like there's an idea behind this format right yeah I've seen so many people have podcasts that are just like it's me talking to people hope you like it and I'm like okay but you know being a person in this industry like I want to know I think that everyone can like pimp out whatever they want to talk about. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this show or I'm doing mm. this um, next project, but I'd rather go, okay, like, can you tell me the story of like this time where you spilt milk on my friend? Because yeah. I remember that or whatever it is. You know, I think that storytelling is so often not uh, asked about anymore because we don't have shows like Oprah. We don't have shows where we are really um, asking the questions uh, that we want to know from other creatives. And so I thought it would be a fun opportunity to do that. And then Matt somehow picked it up and then suggested me for Broadway radio, which I'm so fortunate to, to do because like, I love talking about theater and the yeah. industry that I'm so incredibly close to um, that I was like, oh, this is such a great opportunity. So then I, I got to do them both in tandem, which is great. I, I think it's amazing. Uh, I mean, Matt Timonini is just, uh, I, yeah. you know, I, I reached out to him when it, when it came to launching a podcast and, and, you know, I, I was I was listening to today on Broadway from almost the very beginning in the wow. old, like way, way old days when he just started and, um, and kind of got in, in touch with Matt and James say, we want to start something. How, how it, and they were so gracious. They were absolutely brilliant. And so then, yeah. you know, in our, my first trip to New York and, ages matt and i met up and i was his theater date and i'm I tr I'm trying to get him over to london so he could be my theater date yeah and um you know i've never met matt have you never met matt I've never met matt or James how crazy ever. is that okay yeah, i just met ashley like a month ago so i had to reach out to you grace after hearing her story which season two episode one it it floored me and i reached out afterwards and i was like i thanked you for being honest because there are things that happen in our lives and I connected with that story, with the pain, mm. and then the brutal honesty with which you told it. And that is a hell, a hell of an episode of, of podcast. And everyone should go and listen to it because it oh. is incredible. Thank um, you. Was that something that you need, you, you set out to do when you did this podcast? Not at all. Like, uh, again, like my, my format for all of season one is so like, I, I'm just talking to my friends, you know? And in lockdown, halfway through it, which I know you you have learned from listening to that episode, mm. I uh, I had to stop my podcast, and then I went into like hiding, and I mm. went into seclusion for yeah. like almost a year. Wow! And 
the rumor mills that I started to hear about me were became so incredibly toxic to my brain that I was like, if I don't utilize some sort of format or platform that I have that can be mine, that I, that I am not trying to damn anyone or I'm doing storytelling. I can say that that's what I'm doing and I'm not going to be hurt. Hopefully, you know, I've been hit with a lot of, uh, lawsuit stuff and, and it's just like very scary for me still now. Um, but I just was like, I, I, I've never heard anything like this. So if I've never heard anything like this, that means that someone is out there Mm. that has never heard this, that is dealing with something like this. And if this can help, I can't tell you how many, uh, DMS that I have received from, especially women. I, I got one, two days later that said, I'm leaving. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting a divorce or like whatever it was. And I was just, I was so stunned because first of all, I didn't write anything that I uh, said. I literally plugged everything in. Mm-hmm. I started talking for an hour. I unplugged it and sent it to my editor. I was like, I don't want to know what I said. I actually don't remember. <laughs> I blacked out. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I just hope that it would help people. And so now with other things that I'm like working on, I just go like, how, how can I help someone feel heard today? Even if it's one person, mm-hmm. I think that that's what real um, storytelling and real art that's what we can do for other people. Um, and so that's kind of what I set out to do after I decided to, to put it into the world. So thank you very much for listening to it. And I, and I really appreciate it because I, I can tell you that it was very difficult for my editor to edit. Um, they reached out to me a couple of times that week who also happens to be my younger brother. He's a sound engineer. <laughs> um, Amazing. And so uh, he had not heard a lot of that. Um, and had a, had a difficult time. And I was like, Oh, is it hard to hear? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's a little, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Like, so, you know, now I, now I understand like, you know, content warnings are important. Trigger warnings are important. Um, and I didn't think that I would necessarily need to do that here. And then now I've learned yes. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening to it. I don't want to talk about it any more than like that. Cause I don't want, you know, people to feel ostracized in any way, but, um, thank you. And, uh, I, I hope that it does help someone, but you reaching out meant a lot. So thank you. <laughs> We're going to break now for a tiny word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, this is Celicia Thomas from Black Hair in the Big Leagues, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Curtain Call Podcast. Uh, so Grace, please tell me uh, in less words than it took me to um, ask you the question when we weren't <laughs> recording, where to free... Bird, um, where the idea came from, how it, how the story started, how the whole show came to be. Okay, I'm getting like some sirens. I love sirens. <laughs> this is this Do is you? all good. Yes, it makes you feel like you're in New York City. Exactly. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're in Hoboken, so. Um, okay. So- 
<laughs> a little lamer. Uh, two and a half years ago, I uh, started going to the Barrow Group, which I don't know if you knew them off Broadway. I love their work. Um, I started going to school there. They have like a one-year acting program that I would just really subscribe to. And Hathaway went there, so I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm not her. And uh, so I enrolled there, and um, I saw that they offered uh, storytelling slash uh, solo show workshops. And I had never heard of anybody even having that as a like a workshop class. And the teacher Seth Barish, who directs all of Mike Birbiglia's solo work, um, teaches it. Mm. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to take it from anybody, it's like that guy. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I got into the class and, uh, the structure was so great because I was like, I don't really know what I want to say. And cause everybody had like different stages. That was so cool is that everybody had different stages. Some people brought in like their full show. They're like, this is where I'm at. And then some people I had, I had nothing. I had some index cards and, um, all good art starts with oh, index cards, right? Like, uh, <laughs> and, um, he, he said, you know, what's tell me, tell me, uh, you know, the, a funny story about like, something like nothing like an inanimate objects or something. And so I said, Oh, I've got a story about a brick. And so I told like a 10 minute story about this one, this one brick, um, which they won't, you know, I won't get into it. And then he was like, okay. And um, what's like the, the boom curtain of that. And I was like, what are you saying? And he was like, well, what's the climax of, of that story? And I said, well, that, I don't think that that really has a climax. I think it's like part of a greater story. And he was like, okay, well, whatever that is, you, whatever you think that that is, write that down mm. and then decide whatever, whatever the, whenever you could say boom curtain, that is the climax of your show. And that's where you can stop. And if you're not done storytelling, you're not done with the show. Right. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and so kind of like went home and over the course of like 10 weeks, I just started throwing around different stories and putting them in different order. And then, and then I started working with the director who I met in that class, Kate Robards, who also had done solo workshops and um, solo work herself. And she kept saying, like, where are you in this? Because I kept telling stories not about me, um, which famously I, I never I, I'm like, no, 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 your story, your story. That's what I love. And um, she was like, yeah, but you're not in this. And so I think that people need to understand who you are. And I was like, well, that's I don't think that's fun. I like to, <laughs> I like talking about other people and things. I don't think I don't find myself particularly interesting. And um, what I realized is that like we all have stories within us. And and um, yeah, if if I if I don't utilize like what I'm doing to tell my story, how can I how can I expect others to do that whenever I ask that of them? So um, that's what this piece is. It's just, uh, it's, I've, I've worked on it on and off. I've changed the order. I've changed. I've never really changed like fully how it ends. Cause I think that that's the truth of, of what it, of what it stands for. I'm being so cryptic, which sucks, but, but it's just me being like, please see the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's predominantly told in a stand-up style. So, okay. um, uh, it, it, you'll, you'll be able to see like how I guess I work with a, with a microphone. I also learned that like being able to hold something physically helped ground me because not having anything at all, I can, I can project my ass off. Okay. Like I can do that, but you know, what if I didn't have to rely on my sound? Cause there's sometimes when you want to be quiet and, um, having a microphone allows you yeah. to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just an, it's a, like a one hour, 10 minute, no intermission, me standing, me talking, me sitting. Brilliant. And and it was done at She Atlanta or is that where? Yeah, this was the first time I ever submitted a script because I've never actually physically been a writer. Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself a writer. I think that 
that word has always sounded really pretentious to me. I don't think that writers are pretentious. I just mean like, I thought me calling myself a writer was like, oh, that's a little heady. That's for other people. Um, And so I, that was the first time I was like, well, if I want my work to get like considered for a thing, I have to submit a script. And all I've ever done is record voice audio of my stories into my phone and then been like, well, that's my script. So I've never written anything. Um, And so I had to sit down and like really transpose all the dumb, um, uhs, ha ha, whatever's into a script. And then out of, they selected it out of however many submissions um, as a writing piece, which made me feel so legitimate as a creator. Cause I was like, oh, my writing, you liked my writing. It wasn't cause you liked my headshot. Like it was cause you liked my writing, which was so cool. Um, And so yeah, she ATL because of the pandemic said, what if we didn't do like a full run? What if we utilized our financial resources and filmed it with a, an incredible camera crew of Saturn blue Productions? pro tape. Yeah. A pro tape it and then stream it. And I was like, yeah, accessibility matters to me. So them, me getting to do it for one night in Atlanta, them filming it on like three cameras and then oh editing God. it right now. I know I'm really excited oh about my it. God. I'm not going to watch it, but I hope you do. So I, I've, I've, I've yeah. donated and I hope I'll get my link, oh. I suppose. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, Thank we'll, you. we'll watch it as a, as a family. We'll sit down and watch it. So that's, it's all good. How old are your boys? <laughs> 1930. Oh my God. Come on. They live with me. You're fine. I mean- <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Fair. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> like it's a theater household. It's, like, it's, we're, a, th- it's we're a, th- a theater household. I mean, yeah. yeah. Do you think this is a, a, a perfect way for new story? Because it, you say it's your first writing piece to be taken seriously as a writer. Is yeah. it, how important is that for you to open up that stream of, of oh storytelling? It's, it's so it's, it's so hard to get people to go right already, you know, Theater can be difficult. You never know what night it's going to be. People have jobs. People have lives. People have financial struggles. People have yeah. accessibility struggles. And and I just go like, what if, you know, because I I have been really hard on myself about Zoom theater a lot of times because I get nervous that if I'm not able to receive like personal interaction, that I can't do the thing. So having an audience for the filming of it yeah. was so important to Amazing. me. And I just wonder if like, if we can offer that to people and, and then film it and then be able to like crank it out because I know editing processes, I can't imagine, but getting to do that, I think is going to be able to foster, especially me as an artist, like this is how I can probably get it picked up to like take it to other theaters. This is how I can get it to, you know, just so much more because if I don't have a butt and a seat that has some kind of like ties to something else that produces or whatever, they don't, they don't ever know. They'll never know. But now I can send them a link and say, Hey, have what about this? Have you know, I yeah. honestly think this is going to be the great leveler in storytelling. And I believe that yeah. every theater where this all, this is my prediction. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, uh, who is it that Matt always says, says he is? Um, when Because we have Mystic Meg over here in the UK and I can't remember. Um, it, it, oh, it, he was, is it Cleo? Cleo. Uh, is it Cleo? Uh, yeah. Miss Cleo know. or something like that. Yeah. Is, is that. The, all of these theaters, especially the satellite theaters, will become mini studios. 
I hope so. Right. That's how this is how my fervent wish is that that gets you paid. It gets everyone else uh, on the, the thing paid, and it it it, ge- it just generates more money. It becomes more accessible because the more people that do that, the less you have to charge for someone to come and watch your show. But it, it c- comes out in the end that everybody's getting paid yeah. properly for their art. Okay, I have just a couple more questions for you because I think I said I was going to have like 20 minutes of your time and I've stolen an hour of your life. Yeah, no, no, no. We, first of all, we knew we weren't going to talk for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sorry. I can talk for 20 minutes ordering supper, you know, it's terrible. (laughs) Um, So what what advice would you give to anyone that was looking for doing a one person or one woman show um, to, to put forward? What, what would be your words of wisdom or what would be the first step words that you would, would pass on to them? I would say, watch everything you can and then write down what you liked about it and what made you uncomfortable. I watch so much, like, especially like stand up specials. Like yeah. one of my favorites is Hassan Minhaj's homecoming King. It's on Netflix. And I I was watching it. I was like, I like so much about this because I think that I'm drawn to the stand-up element. But he like worked the stage like a play. And he was able to sell people on the idea of storytelling, but without doing that at all because Mm. people knew him as a comic. Mm. Because I don't think that people initially go like, I would like to see a play today, please, by one person. Sign me up. Like, that's not (laughs) always... The thing, but he said, it's my comedy special. And, you know, you go back to George Carlin and stuff. He's been doing it. Like everybody's been pressing these albums for years, but like we've gotten away from it. And so I am very eagerly excited about people like Jacqueline Novak that are doing like get on your knees and like touring it and just being like, we can go back to this. We've been doing this for generations. Mm. We've been storytelling by ourselves like Mm. forever. Um, So I recommend my biggest recommendation is to watch everything, take in all bits of culture. So Grace, where do people find the links and everything else to get a ticket for your show? All of our, uh, you know, all those links can be found on my social medias at It's Grace Aki on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. But you can also follow SheNYC Arts, SheNYCArts.org, I believe, um, for ticketing. But like literally anywhere that you can see me on social media, like I'm linking it up. Um, so I'm, I'm so appreciative and it's through donor up. So it's, uh, they're a nonprofit organization. You can donate to them while you're buying a ticket because the tickets start at like $5. I can't even get a chai latte for $5. So (laughs) it it is $5. It's so worth it. It's, it is like you say, a child, this is so much better than a chai latte. And well, we we'll agree to disagree, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you decide after you see the show, but, um, yeah, thank you. And the other places you can hear, you can hear you on Broadway today, on Broadway, on Broadway radio, tell me on a Sunday podcast, hopefully many more grace. I cannot wait to watch it. I'll send you an email afterwards just to let you know what I, what I thought. I, I'm so Would excited. Love that. The energy that you bring to the, the podcast that you do, but also your storytelling in, in something that was really hard to tell. And it, it, I cannot wait to see um, what you bring to, to free mockingbird. And um I will put all the links in the show notes. Just go and buy a ticket, guys. Support art. Also, I want to throw this out there. There are two other shows in the festival performance. Oh, fantastic. Okay. You could see all three shows for $15, truly. So you could see three plus hours of theater spread out throughout those days for $15. It's such a good deal. Uh Amazing. It's a great deal. Grace, it, it, I'm so glad to have met you um, virtually and maybe yeah. when I get to New York. Um, I have put it out there one day. I really do hope to get to work with you on stage at some point, you know, and I it, believe I, that I, I would really out, love that. Putting it out in the universe that it actually, um, it actually happens. And um, I respect and your work so much. So that would be really exciting. Thank for you so much, everybody. Grace. But we, <laughs> we'll do it. But um, 
break legs, have a great run, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. The incomparable Grace Aki, actress, stand-up comic, and podcaster extraordinaire. Now, before I go, just a few housekeeping bits. A uh, quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way your feed will be automatically updated when we release episodes. But you can also listen to us on many other fine podcast streaming services such as Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, all of them, all of them. Please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds and help us reach more theater lovers out there around the globe. Now, you can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Curtain Call. You can follow me personally, at John Schwab. I'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for this podcast. Just please get in touch with me via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. Don't forget to sign up for a free profile on Curtain Call if you're a theater, live events, or entertainment professional. Go over to curtaincallonline.com. It's super, super simple. We just launched our new platform, partly funded by Innovate UK, to help our industries get their professionals back to work. So it doesn't matter where you live in the world, what job you do in the live events, theater, uh, live performance, TV, film. If you are a creative artist, if you work in front of uh, the camera, behind the camera, on stage, backstage, sign up for a free profile. Do it. You will not regret it. Now, it just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Grace Aki for joining me this week. Please donate at least a super affordable $5 to see the streaming performance of To Free a Mockingbird from the 11th to the 16th of September. And for a meager $15, 15 of your Earth dollars, that's about 10 of your Earth pounds, you can catch all three shows. Details can be found on any of Grace's social link at ITSGRACE. A-K-I. Uh, you can find it on her website, graceaki.com, SheLTA Arts Facebook page, that's SheATL, uh, or DonorUp.org and search for the SheATL Summer Theater Festival. Loads of places you can find the link, so you have no excuses for not doing it. Uh, thank you to Sure Microphones uh, for continuing to be our equipment sponsor for this podcast. And a huge thank you to the incredibly talented and extremely upbeat Salisha Thomas. I think, Salisha, you and Grace need to meet. Salisha is of the Black Hair in the Big Leagues podcast. If you haven't checked out her podcast, it's time to head on over to Broadway Podcast Network website or app and do just that. Check her out. And uh, listen, a big thank you to all of you who tune in regularly to this podcast. Without you, it wouldn't be where we are today. Thank you so much. I look forward to bringing you even more episodes as we start to get back to whatever normal we find ourselves in. And uh, I will speak to you soon. Stay safe and look after yourselves. Bye. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.